Welcome, y'all, to the beginning of our day. This is our first panel. This is a great start to our day. We have a full day of panels here, elevating community voices. DAWA is an organization in Austin, Texas, that was built on that very principle, elevating, celebrating, and empowering the people that we call the givers in our society. Those are the social workers, the teachers, the creatives, the ones that help us understand our humanity, help us heal. Those folks are often undervalued in our society. This whole week, we've been doing a project that's in its first year. It's called Vision 8291. These folks are going to talk a little bit about the 1928 plan, I'm sure. But for those that don't know, in 1928, the city had a master plan that removed specifically black folks from wherever they lived in Austin and pushed them over to what is now called East Austin. So the area that is I-35, black folks were all moved and reallocated over there. They cut off their utilities. They didn't give them basic access to human resources. And the black folks did what they did. They started again. But literally built into the, into the history of this city was a segregation move in 1928. So 8291 is about reversing that. It's 1928 in reverse. So without further ado, we're going to make some noise for these folks here. They're going to talk about elevating community voices. Let's go. Hey, good morning. Can everybody hear me okay? Yeah. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, special shout out to Dawa and Shaka for hosting this South by Southwest. Give a round of applause. All the artists and other panelists as well that's here, um, let's give a big round of applause for them to start this day off great, okay? Without further ado, this is Elevating Community Voices. I'm gonna let them introduce themselves first and then I'll introduce myself, okay? Thank you, Marvis. So my name is Celicia Brewster. I'm a managing partner in Starlit Candles. We are a black-owned woman uh, woman-based candle-owned business. We sell soy candles. Um, we are based in Napa and Austin, Texas. And um, yeah, we're just excited to be here. And we are recently on Amazon Prime as well. Uh, I'm actually a direct descendant of one of the many families affected by that 1928 plan. Um, I got to see my grandmother and my great-grandmother thrive years after that plan was enacted, but uh, eventually they did migrate to the east side, but I'm glad to be a descendant and doing business in Austin, Texas. Uh, my name's James Kane, James Trey Kane, I go by Trey. I'm an Austin native, um, I'm a content creator, I've been doing that for the last two years or so. My background is in uh, clothing, though. I grew up you know, always doing retail jobs, and so I made music for a little bit, and then I switched over to just running my own clothing line because I, I just didn't want to work for someone. <laughs> I really wanted to do that myself. Um, but <clears throat> I've done a lot of different things in arts and media in Austin, um, and currently, with the sort of spaces I'm in and the uh, job titles I do hold, um, there is a lot of community building, but it's not face value, it's not face time. All this is online, um, and so I think that's more what I'll probably lean on talking about today is like certain, the community aspect that's growing outside of just, you know, what you see in front of you and your neighborhood, but yeah. All right, all right. 
My name is Marvis Dixon, and uh, I am the, one of the front leads for a new brewery that's opening in South Austin called Fast Friends. Um, oh, go ahead, clap, go ahead, clap. All right, yeah, all right. Um, I have a little extensive background. I'm, I am an Army veteran. I'm from Fort Bragg, North Carolina originally. I'm also a board member of the 100 Black Men of Austin as their treasurer. I'm also a part of Moscow Thura. That's another nonprofit here in Austin. And also, I go by the middleman in the beer world. I've been um, advocating for Black is Beautiful, which is an initiative out of San Antonio, Texas, from Marcus Baskerville. So I was the front runner for Austin to support that cause. Um, I've, I've done a lot of collaborations here in Austin. I've worked with a lot of people. Um, and uh, we'll get more into that as we go on this talk. So. Uh, Let's get it jumping, okay? So this panel is bringing light to the BIPOC community, all right? And in 2023, the community is more than the people around. And we're here today to tell you what communities we're involved in, okay? So um, we're gonna start off with my good friend, Salisha here. Thank you. What are you involved in currently? Um, currently, uh, as far as community-wise, um, I'm just, steadily building a community with, whether it's online or physically in the city, just reaching out to other uh, BIPOC businesses and just trying to build that network there. Um, as far as just what I'm doing in the candle community, it's, it's a niche community as far as black businesses or black women-owned candle companies. So it is a small, it's a small margin. Um, but we are working and reaching out to other companies in other states and just kind of building that community. Um, the industry that we're in, the candle industry is not as competitive as some people think. It may be, it may look oversaturated, but there is so much support amongst other businesses. And we have mentors, we have other resources, and we really rely on those. And that has kind of built our sense of community um, especially in the candle business and just kind of pushing us forward to get to a to the next level. Gotcha, gotcha. And what about you, James? What have you been doing in the community to kind of, um, lately, that's kind of, that sticks out a little bit? Um, <clears throat> well, uh, so I host a live stream uh, usually every Wednesday with a group of people. Um, I also do content creation for Discord. Um, so we are always looking to build out our communities. I think those things are very important. Like I said, I came back, I came with a background of like streaming recently, and um, I realized when I was on there that uh, there's all these tools on the platform, Twitch specifically, to allow people to find you know, what they're looking for as far as these communities they want to be in. I had never used those tools before, throughout most of my time there. And when I found out I could tag my own stream, I started off with chilled ADHD. Um, but I wanted to get even deeper into what I am, so I know I started using black and African American. And when I started getting new people in, it was really interesting to me. Because uh, I always want to know where these people are coming from and how, like, how I'm growing. So it's really interesting to ask people, you know, how did you get here, how did you find me? And people started saying that black an African tag. And so um, I started realizing how important it is to be in a space where people have those tools to find you. Um, 
And, and, and also, if you find yourself in a place where people don't have that av availability to do that, that maybe you need to find another place or move on, something that caters to more people, especially people that are, uh, you know, share similar interests, have a similar background as you, um, and really get, you know, where you're coming from. Yeah, and I feel that's important. I think that the more that you guys are out there constantly promoting what you're doing, right, is, is very critical because if you don't post about it or you don't talk about it, like, people won't know, you know, and I feel like you got to continue to push and talk about what you're doing in the community and show up, even if it's just a small little bit, you know. Um, I feel the same way in the beer community. I am all over the place. I think Shaka sees me all the time posting here, there. I'll show up, even if it's like for 10, 15 minutes, just to be like, hey, I'm here. I'm here to support, you know. Um, I currently am working on uh, a collaboration called As One to bring the BIPOC community and the non-craft beer drinkers into craft beer here in Austin. Um, so basically what we, me and another brewery, Urban Jungle Brewing, that was, will be the first black-owned brewery in Austin soon. Um, clap for that, clap for that. Shout out Shannon Harris. Um, we came up with this As One collaboration to let people know to come into our spaces because I feel like a lot of people, uh, black and brown are kind of, they don't want to go into breweries, they don't feel comfortable. But me being as a voice to do that, right, I'm able to bring them in with these beer collaborations and I think that's what's special, you know. Um, the other question I have for you guys is, what makes you stand out though? You're in the community, Austin, you do what you do, right? But what's certain keys of what you do that makes you stand out? You wanna go? Um, you know, my answer to that, honestly, is that growing up, uh, my mom always told me to just, you know, do unto others how you wanna be, you know, be treated, all that. Um, there was a time where I was so generous and so kind to people because uh, I figured there's something I could get out of it in the long run. And as I matured, I stayed generous and I stayed kind. But I realized that the biggest reward is not wondering about what you're going to get out of it, but it's building the connection with that person or those people, those groups. Um, so I think what makes me stand out is just, it doesn't matter how many times I've been knocked down or things didn't go my way or someone you know messed me over, whatever it is, uh, I try to be as kind and generous as I can to the people I encounter. Um, and those things do come back to you. It's not always you know, a physical thing you can see, but uh, just like I said, at the end of the day, if nothing does come back to you, building these relationships um, and having rapport with people uh, is, I think, what's really important. And so, yeah, I think, because I see people, they get so... It's, it's easy to slip, you know, and it's easy to take someone else's actions and behavior and kind of slip yourself because you're in that environment. And that's why I think it's important to move around, you know, when need be and get Most in a definitely. space where you feel more comfortable. Um, but you are being treated well, you're being heard and listened to. So, but yeah, to answer your question, I just always feel like I've, uh, you know, try to give everyone the same amount of generosity as I can. Yeah, what about you? Um, I feel what makes me stand out in just 
here in Austin is just being a creative that transitioned into a, a business owner. Um, I started off as a photographer here and just kind of made a name for myself there. Um, and then I switched gears to become a mom and then back into the field of just creating for a friend. And that's where Starlit Candles begin. And I feel like just using my creativity and just different resources is kind of what catapulted me to stand out a little bit more. Um, we know that the black community here is very small. Um, and candle makers here, very small as well. Um, so just having a different and unique take on the business is what definitely I feel has made me stand out um, for sure in Austin. Okay, give a round of applause for that. That's great stuff, ain't it? That's great stuff. Thank you. Man, I don't even want to say mine. No, but uh, me, I think what, what stands out difference between uh, me and in the community is that um, I do the work genuinely. You know, I'm not a person to really ask for anything. I just want people to come support. And I think that's the biggest challenge is getting people to support you, right? Um, constantly communicating with people, constantly making those connections in your community because it's important, right? It's important to um, know that you're doing it from the heart and not doing it for money or for to get something out of it, you know? I think we were talking about it in the room earlier, like when I first knew I was gonna be on this panel, I was told Shaka, I was like, well, I'm gonna go to work right after. But he was like, no, you gotta stay and enjoy. And it's, it's uh, very humbling. And I think it's humbling for us to be on this panel talking, you know? Um, so what is it currently you're working on though? James, what do you got? Um, I mean, currently, what I'm working on is, uh, like I said, I have I run a live stream. The show is called Infinite Supply. Um, it's a QVC shopping network style show, uh, but I I curate the list of what we sell. I curate the guests we get for the show. But essentially, on the show, you know, we pick around six, seven, eight items that uh, off the list, things that are would cater to someone that's like maybe 16 or 18 to the ages of 28 or something like that. Um, definitely people that are in the streaming world or like in the online spaces. Uh, so, you know, whatever cute, cool gadgets, gear, toys, a lot of designer toys for sure. Um, but on this show, basically I just, we buy it and then we sell it for cheaper. Like we give, we give a discount to the people and um, what makes that show stand out and make it not QVC is that we tie a skit or a bit to every item, whether it may be me making my own cast of a candle or um, I ate a bunch of hot wings on stream, just the hottest sauce we could get. And it doesn't even tie into what we're doing on the show, <laughs> like at all. Um, but we want it to be random. And, the thing is, is that, yeah, we have a show where you're, we're trying to sell items, but the, the overall goal is entertainment. Mm -hmm. So we need, you know, that filler that's, well, not everyone watching is going to have their credit card out, you know. So not is there everyone. anything you wouldn't do on mm -hmm. your show? Anything that you wouldn't do? Wouldn't do? Wouldn't. Uh, no, I actually told my boss about a week ago. Um, I was like, y'all pay me, so whatever you tell me to do. No, hey, I know that's right. 
I, th I think I could, you know, use a little bit more, some, a little bit more money. But no, realistically, um, the thing was the reason why I got the position in the first place is because when I was streaming on my own platform, I was tired of gaming. Most mm -hmm. people game. They just game. They game, game, game. New games come out. Old games lose value. All this stuff. But people are just sitting there. You're tethered to your computer. So I put all my chips and money into an IRL setup so I could leave my computer, I could get out the city, and that unlocked different streams. So I went to a nail salon and I got my chest waxed for people to see live. <laughs> and don't do it, Please, like, don't do that. That, that, it sucks. But these things, it's like, obviously, I don't wanna get my chest waxed, and it hurt, and I had some issues like afterwards because I got sensitive skin. But I understand the entertainment value, and because I'm on Twitch, it's limited in what you can do. Like, I can't be Eric Andre. I can't just be destroying sets or lighting stuff on fire. But that's where you got to get creative with what can I do that stands out. And is, you know, it's, sometimes it's not that it's, it's more funny that it's not funny. But the person's still willing to do it, you know. What about you? Well, um, Starlet is making great strides. Um, we were recently in a retail store and that didn't tend to work out, but we were actually picked up by Amazon's Accelerator Black Sellers Program. And That's as awesome, give a round of applause <laughs> for that. Thank you. We're on Prime too, we're on Prime. It'll be there in a day, we're on Prime. Um, but a part of that program, um, we were picked, uh, handpicked actually, and with that program comes so many great resources um, to capital, to mentors, uh, angel investors, um, and we are on our third round of selling out, and it is truly, truly, third truly round. a blessing. Thank you. Um, definitely a blessing. Um, but we are just what we are working on right now. No pun intended. We are literally pouring into our business and just basically fulfilling order after order. And we're just looking forward to the spring. We have a collection coming out and we're just really wanting to tap more vendor markets. Um, we specifically reach out to BIPOC vendor markets because we love to build community with ourselves, establish that as strong as possible. Um, but we are definitely trying to get more out there as far as this year, 2023, and getting it more in the field of like vendor markets, possibly throwing our own, um, having more having workshops as well. But as of right now, we got our hands tied with Amazon, and it has been amazing to see just the support we get. We have orders going to Utah, Nevada, and we are a bi-coastal business, and so just two of us just fulfilling these orders, it's fun, it's hectic, but it's so fulfilling. Awesome, give a round of applause for that. Y'all are doing great. <laughs> so, you know, we always talk about the good things, right? But what are some of the challenges that you guys may have faced while doing things in the community, your business, your streams? Any challenges that you may have had? Well, I think, you know, originally being on the panel, I was like, man, these two people, they, they're great. <laughs> like, what do I got to offer? What, what, are, what are the similarities? But then I started thinking, and it's, we do share similarities. In the spaces I'm in, you don't see a lot of black people. And the ones you do, and it's not, it's, it's just the way it is, but the ones you do are just, it's a different aesthetic. Mm -hmm. And, so I think that I think that's been a, it's that's been a challenge for me for sure is that 
I'm in a space where I don't have a, I might have viewers like that, but that's what I had to reside to is like actually, you know, building a good relationship with some of these people that came in off those black and African tags. Because I want to, you know, be surrounded with people like myself. Um, but like when I look at them, I feel like they're like myself. So um, I think that was hard to not have like other creators or people to like be around that I felt like that comfortable with, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, I mean I've, I've felt like that a lot with a lot of the spaces I've been in where it's just like, and even the, the teams I've been on as far as working and stuff that come from social media and content creation, like it's, you know, it might just be my life and what I've encountered, but uh, it's just not a lot of people like myself, like that I can surround myself with. So uh, makes it sometimes harder, you know, like I don't have many people to bounce my ideas off of or, um, you know, just, really having to trust myself and my own process and know that there's a reason why I'm in the positions I've been put in, so. Oh, I definitely have a cautionary tale. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm not as triggered by it anymore, but I definitely have a cautionary tale. Um, just as a challenge doing business in Austin, um, with people that are non-POC, um, we were elated. Um, we were in our, we hit our first year of business and we decided to tap a small owned, a small business that was just like a, a co-op for uh, other small vendors. And it sounded really good. You know, the support had, you know, at first was really great. You know, it sounded like, it just sounded like the best thing ever. Um, eventually, we seen characteristics from this business owner that just didn't align with our business model, didn't align with how we moved, and it became very, it became a very hard situation, and it it was a very hard lesson to learn. But um, basically, I feel that as BIPOC businesses, it's really imperative that we vet who we're going into business with, just because they have the capital, it doesn't mean that they are the end-all be-all for BIPOC businesses. And I say that with so much conviction because we look that, we, we feel that just because we're in that space that that support is there, that can be so performative. It can be the most performative support you'll see. And we, it's important that we make sure that it's, we are aligning with, everything doesn't have to be the same, but as far as do they support our business, do they support our vision, do they support where, where we see ourselves in the future? And if they can't answer those questions, you, we might have to move to the next. Um, and I see that because I'm born and raised here, I've definitely seen this skyline change rapidly. I've seen the implants, the, the, you know, the refugees come into Austin looking for a safe space, a creative space, um, but I feel that if they don't know how to navigate the city and they feel that they can just come in and just, you know, make their own culture, establish their own culture without trying to even get to know our culture, how we move as a city, it's pointless. It's, it's pointless. And I feel that whether you're a small business, major business in the middle, vet who you are doing business with, even if they're BIPOC, non-BIPOC, make sure that they support you, make sure they support your vision. And just understand that if it ends there, that's not the end all be all. We were not dropped, but we, we parted ways with this company all for two months later to be picked up by Amazon and look at where we are. So I find challenges like that can definitely 
it can definitely take some wind out of you, but as black women, we, we won't quit. We're gonna keep moving. That's right. We're gonna keep going that's forward. Right. Round of applause and for that. That's that's the I feel like that's our triumph story. That that is definitely a part of what has made Starlit Candles Starlit Candles. Most definitely. And uh, I feel the challenges that I see in the beer world is it's it's predominantly white, right? That's the elephant in the room. Beer is basically predominantly white, white man with beers, right? So I'm, a, I'm, I'm the X factor to that. You know, I'm, I'm very friendly. I'm very, I can talk to anybody, right? But also, while supporting Black is Beautiful, I had a big target on my back, you know? And I felt that I wanted to be a role model, not only for uh, the people that, are, that look like me in beer, but for the community of people that don't get to see what the brewery side of the world is about beer, you know? It's not that many people of color in the beer industry at certain levels, you know? So for me to make a difference and be able to stand up and fight for social injustice here in Austin has been a, an experience for me, you know? Um, but my question, another question for you guys is how do you balance um, your work and your personal life? Me personally, it's very hard. <laughs> and I think that's hard for a lot of people if you're doing things in the community, right? You're constantly on the go, you're constantly answering phone calls, you're constantly answering emails, right? And when you say you're gonna put your phone down, you never do. It's always something pings up on your phone, keeps your mind going and, you're, and you continue to push. For me, it's just being around the people that are supporters and that I love, you know? The people that take two seconds just to be like, hey, what's going on? That's, that's my personal, right? That's how I se separate personal, you know, uh, the intimate moments with like ever that's in the crowd. Shaka, Elise, my boy D that's here, my sister at Dallas. Those small moments of sharing just even two seconds of conversation with them is what's good for me. Um, what about you guys? For me, I have a village, and they're, they're kind of here right now. I love y'all, <laughs> but I have a village. Um, and for me, that is so important to have. Um, it's my family, and then I also have a creative village. I have family as a, as a creative here that I feel like I can really rely on and just like trust. Um, but it, it is hard, especially when it's a small business and I'm a social media manager, I am pouring candles, I am emailing, I'm taking meetings. Does it ever stop? No, no, it doesn't. But it's, it's, it's a, I feel like when I, I enjoy it, it's never like too hard of a balance, but I am a mom of two. Mm. And I do feel that sometimes I, I know that I'm indulging so much in the business that I can, I feel like I'm taken away. So I do have moments where I have to f literally stop myself and say, just breathe just breathe, That's go right. watch some Real Housewives, just breathe. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, I, I really do rely on my village. When we have to do vendor markets and we have to hit the road, we've hit Houston. We've, we've, I've even had um, Kim, which is the, the co-owner, she's done markets in Seattle. We, we rely heavily on our village and that makes that balance not as hard to maintain, mm -hmm. but it definitely reassures me that you know I'm loved and 
I, I, I have the capability to balance it so I can still succeed with Starlet, succeed as a mom, succeed as a wife, and everything like that. And what about you, Trey? It's hard. It's hard to balance that, Are you constantly sure. on Twitch? Well, you, you're a night owl, aren't you? I, there is some time. So I'm not as much anymore. But I mean, in, my, in, my, in the peak of me streaming, I was doing 14 hours days, back to back, 12 hour, 14 hour days, sleeping for four hours maybe, and waking up, kind of deciding what I wanted to do on the next one, um, and just figuring it out. And I think a lot of, at, like I said, it's hard to do. I, I sacrifice a lot of my personal life. Um, but, but what's cool about what, what we're dealing with now is that uh, we're in a, living in a time where it's more socially acceptable to sit on your computer. Um, half my jobs are work from home, so I'm just sitting there anyways. And if I'm not doing that, I'm probably doing something else that requires me to be there. Um, but I like how you talk about village. Mine's not as big as yours. But my mom is like my village, and I check in with my mom almost every day. You know, same here. She she really puts it the way it needs to be. You know, in my head, uh, if I'm lacking, whether it's you need to come see me, you need to come see your grandma, your brother misses you. You know, she knows who I know, like who I feel is important in my life, and she knows that some of these relationships have been slacking. Um, and she has no problem with, you know, even though I'm a 30-year-old man, she has no problem with, you know, telling me what, what I need to be doing to elevate my life. And uh, that's my mom, so I listen to her. I don't, I don't think she's ever giving me bad advice. I don't think anybody don't listen to their mom. <laughs> yeah. I want to meet you if you don't listen to your mom. <laughs> Any other content creators or uh, public figures in here today? Raise your hand, anybody? Anybody else? No. Okay. <laughs> There's not. It's not. It's like it's not something you don't go to high school normally and say like, oh, I want to be a content creator, you know. Yeah. And that, I think it's crazy is because um, I did a year of streaming, not making much money at all, like literally not making anything, uh, and I have my mom support me a lot and the job I have now making content for a big company like a huge company. It's like I use their application every day to get work done and to be in these communities, meet people, make friends, all these spaces. And never in my head did I imagine like the job opportunity to actually like work for that company. Um, I didn't know that was you know possible. And a lot of times people do that to themselves where they have this idea of where they want to go, but you put all these things in front of you, roadblocks of why that's not possible for you or why it can't happen. And um, it's, it's for me, first of all, I'm on this panel because of the community I built, you know? So that, that, that's really special to me. But also thinking about everything I've done in the past, building relationships with people, the same thing, that, that content creation job I have now that, that I'm enjoying so much and is like doing so well for me, if I had never built a community prior through the things and endeavors that I do, I would have never met those people that uh, you know, pulled back and said, hey, I like this guy, and I think, I think he deserves a shot. So, uh, and I think I, I, I kind of played to that earlier, where it's just like, I don't meet people now and think about what they can do for me. I'm just having a good time. Mm -hmm. I, I, I think everyone does have something they can offer, and it's from their brain, you know? So 
stop talking and listen because everyone's gone through their different experiences. Um, but yeah, like it's it's really important uh, to just you know build relationships with people and not not be so worried about what what's going to happen later because that's the thing is that I met someone ten years ago. Yep. And now, 10 years later, they say, hey, apply for this because you're the best person for it, you know? And I'm like, all right, cool. You know, I would have never known that 10 years ago. Yeah, and I think my, my 10, year, 10 or 20 year self uh, never thought about being in beer. I was too, too in the army and waking up 6.30 in the morning, getting off at five, deploying. That's, that's, that was my life. And then getting out of the army, I really didn't know what I was going to do. And then now to be helping the community of Austin, helping the beer community, and and getting a lot of love from just people that I don't even know is I think it's it's amazing, you know. And something my dad always says is it's amazing that random people can come up to you and know what you're doing, and you don't even know them. That's the blessing, right? They're not giving you anything. They just want to say thank you. You know, what's your take on it? Well, for me, um, I just feel that just being, just starting off as a creative and just building that sense of community there, like you said, just I, I never would have thought I would be sitting on the stage just saying that in a sense of I felt like I was floating. Those that that twenty year old that that time frame I. I was creating, just doing things, and just just trying to find what would necessarily, I won't say stick. I knew I had a passion for photography. I was excelling in it. I'm, I was great. And I just felt like I'd, I wanted something different, but I wanted to still like be impactful in a different way. I didn't know that pouring candles could be impactful, but by God, it is. Um, seeing you know people be amazed by, oh, this is your business? Y'all do this yourselves? Y'all actually pouring these? And I'm mm -hmm. like, yes, this is us. It's kind of like people kind of gleam and that kind of, it makes me smile because it's like, yeah, we're out here working. We're out here getting out our actual dreams. And I feel that, you know, people get discouraged. People, you know, definitely hit those, you know, ceilings and, but I've learned to not sit there and you know cry about certain things yeah. i'm very emotional but certain certain things just not letting them knock me down and just being consistent um i definitely feel that has been a major part in keeping me moving forward and i i don't know what i see i i can't even tell you what i see for myself for the next 10 years but i yeah. know that i want to if i'm still in this city the city that raised me i still want to at least reach back help make an impact have conversations, continue to build in any way I can. Yeah, and I feel also like on a personal note, it's like a lot of people don't realize like all three of us probably behind the scenes go through things in life, right? But we don't allow others that support us to see it. It's more we're at home, we handle our, our you know trials and tribulations because we want to make sure that we have the face and the smiles and the and the things so people know, you know? it's And it's sometimes intimate just to keep those things to yourself. And I think that's what kind of pushes all of us to do what we do. Um, let's give a round of applause for that. 
So if you could have a dream collab, and then we'll go into Q&A, uh, a dream collab, what would it be and who? Um, I'm, I, I love local businesses. I'm seeing so many local businesses thrive here. Um, one that I, I, I would love to collab with, and I know it soon will happen, it is a sneaker restoration shop here in Austin, Texas, actually on the brink of Austin, Texas in Cedar Park. It's Revive Austin, um, and it is, it's a shop that's cultivated sneaker restoration, reselling, and it has so much traffic, and it's, it's one of our good friends as well, but they have done some, such good business, such good business in the community as well. I would love to collaborate with them and just try to do something sneaker-based, a sneaker-based candle, mm -hmm. um, but just keep those creative juices flowing amongst local businesses. I definitely wanna keep it here, homegrown for the home team first, and then sprout out, but our biggest goal is to definitely lock arms with businesses here in the city and collaborate more with businesses in the city. Candles can go up anywhere. People love to smell nice things, of course. So I want to really strike forward this year and collaborate with more local businesses for sure. Okay, what about you, Trey? You. Me? <laughs> <laughs> no, I had mentioned that before though. When, for my stream, there's a guest segment as well, and they were, they want to bring in other streamers, but I keep bringing up and fighting for bringing in local people. And the reason why for it is just, if we bring, so first of all, you know, sourcing streamers here, there's just so many, but they do different things, and it just depends. Like, we, we're, we're looking for specific people, I guess is the best way of putting it, but and, and that's on their end. For me, I keep telling them, I want to bring in people from the city because we're, we're streaming out of this city. Most of us are from this city. Um, and it's a lot easier to bring you into the studio. Like, I don't have to call you and set up this, you know, back-end stuff. So um, as far as, it's, it's really the same answer as you. It's just I want to work with people that are close to me or in my vicinity or have that shared story. I mean, realistically, we're all, uh, we're like the minority as far as being Austin natives. Um, it's really weird every time someone freaks out that you're like, oh yeah, I was born here. Yes. Like Breckenridge Hospital, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. Breckenridge, baby. <laughs> um, it's weird, it's awkward that people are like freak out and it's hard to find another person yeah. that can, can claim that. That's not like, well, I, you know, I've been here for 15 years and you know, I'm basically from here. It's like, no, I get what you mean, but like, no, like, you know, I'm not trying to gatekeep nothing, no. um, but I was born here. Like I really am from here. And, I, and people always ask me too, like, uh, why haven't you ever moved? Why don't you live anywhere else? And I said, the reason why I live here is, or the reason why I've never moved away is the same reason why people move here. Yeah. You know, it's a special exactly. place to be. There is exactly. so many things you can do. It's, it's a city that can offer a lot. And, uh, and it's funny too, because people will say, well, you know, the, the market's gone up and it costs more. I've lived here my whole life, so the price going up is normal to me. Yeah. Like, yeah, I understand that it's not affordable for everyone or you have to move around and get, you know, get around. But those sort of things just seem and feel normal to me. So, um, but yeah, I, I want to collaborate with 
business owners and people, like I said, if I had you on, there's something we could do with your candles. Uh, I'd love to showcase those candles. Definitely. Same thing with you. Funny ideas we could do with beer. Um, also, if I'm drunk, obviously the show is probably going to do a little bit better. Um, and those, those are the, you know, I want to collaborate with people like y'all because uh, y'all have a lot to offer. And I think that, um, you, you know, I buy candles, right? But you could teach me a lot of things that we I can don't, make I, candles. We can actually make candles. Okay, yeah, that would, yes. see, that would be perfect. You know, and the same thing beer. there. It's like yeah. there's a lot that goes into beer making, and and you're not dealing with the bottom of the barrel beer. You know, you're you're craft beer. Yeah, most so. definitely. And that's the same. That's the same answer with me. I just want to be able to create with more people in Austin. It's, I think it's the right thing to do. You know, a lot of people ask me, "You're not from here." And I'm like, no. But it seems like I do live here now since I've been living here since 2015. Um, but we're going to go on to quick Q&A. That's cool. Before we do that, one time, check, check, check. One, two, one, two. Nope. Uh, I can stop. <laughs> How y'all doing out there? Y'all good? Thanks for going to the panel, y'all. Before we get started for Q&A, but before that, I just wanted to say thank y'all for coming out. Um, there's going to be someone over here. With the uh, uh, QR code scan that you can scan to help donate. Why are we asking for donations? Because that was an organization that's here for this community. It's, it, it, it is weird when you live in a city and people start calling you a unicorn when you're born and raised somewhere. Since 1991, uh, the black population has gone down from 12% to under 7%. There's a direct correlation between the city calling itself the livelihood capital of the world and people thinking it's cool to be here, although he already knew that, and black people being displaced and people not being able to afford to live here. So we have a responsibility to, to give back. Now is about that, creating space for these very people, the creatives, the teachers, the social workers, the healthcare providers. You should not have to be a nurse and live in Elgin and, and work in the city, okay? You should not have to teach in the city and live in Bastrop. But that's what's happening right now. So these people, the great work that they're doing, the impact that they're having, their, their wages are undervalued, their service is undervalued. So Dow is here for that community. And if that's resonating with you, then please just take a second and scan that QR code. $5 makes a difference. What we're doing with this week, Vision 8291, is we're giving back specifically to six organizations that are on the ground, working with the unhoused community, working with uh, low-income and under-resourced youth, people that are doing the work day in and day out in our community. What, why are we doing that? Because a lot of times, the organizations that don't have the help and the resources, they don't have the time to write the grant, they don't have the time to, there's immediate needs right now that they have to, that they have to attend to, right? They don't necessarily have all the structure and the infrastructure to make things happen. So that's why we're saying don't worry about that, we're gonna get you the money. Our goal is to raise $50,000 this week. Our goal is to raise $50,000 this week, okay? So when I just talk to you, I know a lot of people will be on these panels and they talking and it's over. You know, there are people living here that need your support. There are people living here. That if you're from another city, learn about what's happening. Do that through Dawa. We're at Dawa Heels on Instagram. D-A-W-A-H-E-A-L-S, Dawa Heels. Please hashtag, if you took some pictures, hashtag Vision8291. Okay, this is the first year of that pro process. And the reason that 8291 is it's 1928 in reverse. Okay, 1928, the black population in the city from wherever they were living were forcibly moved over to what is known as East Austin. And then years later, they're forcibly being moved because people are coming here and they're, they're, everything is rising. It's not, because, it's not an affordable city, okay? So there's trauma from that, right? That experience. So 
So we're trying to create space. And equity is not about just sitting on a panel and talking. People need resources, OK? People need cash money. People need help, support. And the city needs you. So please, if you, even if you can't, spread the word through a hashtag. Spread the word through Instagram. Go to our Instagram page. Please ask some questions. Thank you. All right, anyone have any questions? Step up to the microphone, please. Uh, do you guys have any uh, funny stories from what you guys do that you can share? We have what? Uh, like a funny story, like Trey talked about probably getting drunk on the stream or something. <laughs> uh, you know what, I think it's funny that like ties into just being in a community and feeling heard or just being seen the way you want to be seen is, I actually have three jobs, by the way. so I work at Warby Parker as well, I sell eyewear. Um, it was the first time ever that they asked me what my real name was, and then they asked me what I wanted to be called. So I obviously put my legal name down, um, but then I, I said I want to be called Trey. Well, online I go by Trey, spelled differently than it is my real name. But anyways, I ended up with a name card with the name I wanted to be called, and then a badge to get through the doors with my government name. And then in the back room, a locker with Trey spelled a different way. So they, they're listening to me. Like they, they, they heard all the names I gave them. And they didn't know what to call me, but they, they made sure they called me one of those names, at least in, you know, in, in one place. So. <laughs> I like it. At least you're being seen. That's all. That's yeah, all. yeah. I, I never had someone uh, be so fixated on making sure that I was comfortable, like working. You know, so uh, that that was. It's funny, but it's also like it made me feel so good yeah, to see my name. Three different versions of my name. <laughs> you know, for me, I mean, I've done vendor markets, and we live in Texas, and it's wax. So y'all. <laughs> Yes, we've been out there blowing on candles, have little fans, you know. So we've definitely figured out how we can thrive in seasons where we shouldn't be outside. And um, I will say definitely a market in Houston, Texas, is what made us realize that we can't go outside after March. And um, that's okay with us because we thrive online. But um, definitely one of our funniest moments, um, just as a team, was trying to keep candles from melting and trying to keep that mold together. But we still got ourselves off. They just scurried them to the car. But um, definitely one of our funniest moments is seeing how we learned our lesson that day that just don't mess around with Houston heat. Yeah, just don't mess around. <laughs> you? Uh, see, funniest moment for me. I was at, uh, funniest moment for me would be I was at one of my beer releases and somebody was saying they were me. Oh. Okay. <laughs> and I was kind of listening over my shoulder because I didn't know the person. They were just like, hey, my name is Marvis and this and that. And I'm kind of like, what? And then I tapped him on the shoulder. I'm like, hey, Marvis, how are you? And he's like, oh, it's you. And so it's, it's crazy. I don't know why he did that, but I didn't know the person. But how close did he look to you? Like that's the real question. Not even identical. No. No. Oh. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Congrats to congrats to all of you for what you're doing, Trey. 
thanks for the shout out to moms. I'm a proud mom. Um, my question is, I don't look like you. So what advice would you have for people like me to elevate all voices, your voices, everybody else's voices? My personal opinion is uh, do your research and get more intimate and close to people like us that you have that is, that's around you. I think the more that you get to know their culture and you feel strong about supporting it, it shouldn't matter what anyone else says at the end of the day. I think that you should just stand up and you're gonna support people. That BIPOC community, do it. Don't worry about the other stuff. If you worry more about that, you're just gonna stress yourself out. Just support your people. That, that, that's, that's my best advice. Same here. I want to piggyback off that. Just, you know, we say ally. It's a buzzword, a buzzword, but really being a genuine ally. Seeing, just even, just trying to see our vision. Um, and just, even if you don't fully align with what we have, just respect it. And if you come into any of our spaces, try to navigate those spaces accordingly and not in a, in a way of, performative or feeling like you have to be a certain way to fit in or you know feel the you know feel seen we see you we 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 love the fact that that the support is there but we want to make sure that the support is genuine and that's how i feel that you know if you want to navigate in those spaces just making sure that it's a genuine support and just figuring out how to actually navigate amongst bipoc people I'd say I see a lot of people feel uncomfortable to share things on their social medias sometimes because it might not align with how they've been in the past or how they market themselves to people. So, um, you know, removing that boundary of a simple post, like, like you said, like a hashtag, those things make things get out there. So uh, it's really not that hard to just if you if you like something, if you if you want to support something, it doesn't have to be monetary. Just sharing it in any space you can, whether it's at the nail salon, telling someone else about it. Um, like I don't mind if you don't look like me in that sense, uh, but the the ways you could really you know help promote or you know elevate me and my like my community is just telling a friend. You know, just telling a friend. Like I saw this thing, I like it. I want you to know about it. Definitely. You know. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Hi. Uh, my question is actually a little bit related to hers, but uh, more it's um, I wanted to get suggestions uh, from y'all like about um, cross-community support inside the BIPOC community. How are we being, how will, how will we be able to improve like cross-communication between communities when without committing things like erasure or, or stuff like that? I feel for me um, just really blending it all together. I feel like we just create more spaces where we really advocate for us to all be together. Not just black, not just indigenous, not just Hispanic, where we create those spaces where we can all blend. We know Austin is a, a pretty big melting pot, but when it comes to our community, the BIPOC community, sometimes we feel like we can't be amongst each other. And I hate to feel like that, but I feel that we have to kind of have a change of heart and seek out those moments where we can make this a true BIPOC 
or you know, organization, event, or space, I feel like we really need to focus on at least trying to reach across and just acknowledge each other. We are definitely similar in a lot of ways and really try to like advocate and create that space more. Um, I get what you're saying because it does feel like sometimes it can be just a black maker's market and that's all you're gonna see. But I do feel that if we allow ourselves to create more more spaces where we're reaching out to other BIPOC you know, communities, I feel that we can definitely make better strides and actually really holding more hands together. Um, my take on that is that's why I did the As One collaboration to break. It's, it's kind of like an olive branch breaking off Black is Beautiful, right? Um, there's also like other um, beer collaborations like Brave Noise for women's rights and craft beer too. So um, it's, for me, it's a, it's a, my branch of As One is, you know, my parents never taught me really about color. My mom would always say, you know, treat everybody the same and there's gonna be people that don't like you. I've just learned to be able to engage everybody so they don't feel uncomfortable and then just invite them to my spaces. Um, you, you gotta break that, that wall of, of, you know, trying to please everybody because you can't, you know. So that's what I personally do. I just try my best to mesh everybody um, just because my personality. But I'm, I'm, I'm different though. I mean, I can't, that, that's the way that I do it. You know, I, I share everything though, um, from anything, I'm not scared. I used to be, my, my social media used to be private until I started doing all this stuff and I went public and then the world opened. So that's my take on it. I'd say, I mean, just realizing that like, people like us talking about the black fight is something that's prevalent for us, and that, that's something that's never gonna end, but that we're not excluding other people, and that like our fight might be someone else's fight in a different scenario, in a different story. Um, and I, th that was, I think that was what was rifting the country before, too, is that uh, saying black lives matter, well, all lives matter, no, no duh, like all lives do matter. Um, but right now, black lives are very important, and. It's why would you, you know, so, you know, just being respectful to know that there's a reason why we're uh, talking the way we are or fighting the way we are for the things we want, but knowing that we're not, we aren't excluding anyone else and that we do want those cross platforms and we do want those experiences with other people. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, just to clarify a little bit more, I just meant like, you know, I'm, I work a lot with the Latina community. And so I also want to make sure that I'm supporting you guys without, you know, feeling like we're trying to intercept or block that. Yeah, and, most definitely. Okay. Cool. Let, let's chat after this. Okay, cool. Okay. Thank you. Um, hello, my name is Idalis. I'm hey. also an Austin native um, from Dove Springs. Woo! Okay. Let's go. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, so I guess my question, because I could answer it myself, but I want to hear from you guys. Um, and I guess from Marvis, since you're not from Austin, mm -hmm. um, what is some advice you would give to uh, transplants who are trying to connect with, specifically BIPOC transplants who are trying to connect with um, the city and then within like BIPOC communities? Um, Shaka made a made a post one day, and he was talking about how just like disconnected um, people are to just the things that we that we grew up knowing. 
Um, yeah, and so, and then like for Marvis, you moving from here, what your experience like and what kind of advice you would give to people who are moving here, wanting to move here, and then connect with BIPOC communities. Okay, that's a, that's a long, okay. Um, I don't know, I was in the Army, I got out, I didn't know what I was gonna do, I moved to Austin. Um, it was tough for me to find a job at first, but eventually I got into like Target and then, and then the beer world. And I think what I tried to do once I joined the beer world was to connect with a, a lot of people and just see their different backgrounds, where they're from, where do you live, where do you go, where do you eat, you know? Um, to the point now that I've, I've, I'm, I'm a very good communicator. If I give anybody my Instagram or my phone number, I respond very quickly. So I've just tried to navigate Austin by being just a good human, not from Austin. I mean, I consider myself Austinite now, but um, I've just strived to touch every person that I meet instead of picking and choosing who I want to talk to. I love how you put that, Marvis, because I was just about to say, come into the city and just reach out. We mm -hmm. are here. I see this, I hear it a lot, but when I'm out and about, I, I've, I've had this said to me so many times, I didn't even know black people was here. Mm -hmm. And that's very disheartening, because we are here. But I do feel that if you're not from here, reach out. And when I say reach out, find spaces. Try to find spaces. It's not hard to find us, I promise. It's not hard to find those open mic nights where they're supporting the hip hop community. Because it, it is, hip hop lives in Austin. It's not hard to find that. I feel that having this very mentality that Marvis has, it, it can be very beneficial if you're not from here. I have friends that are not from here, from Tennessee, you know, all over, and they have made some of their best friends here in Austin because they simply got up, got out, and navigated the city in a different way. And we're not saying be tourists and, you know, hey, this is this, but like you said, they don't know what we grew up on. They don't know about certain things. They don't know, you know, about jump on it. They don't know about things that, you know, have we, we had in our childhood, in our, you know, our adolescent. But, you know, I feel that if they reach out, want to get to know the city, want to get to know a little bit of the history, they can see why we are the way we are, why, why Austin is weird, why we are the way we are. Mm -hmm. So having that mentality to actually just want to reach out, want to get to know the very people that are from here, that can be so beneficial into bridging that gap between the transplants and the natives. I would definitely say ask questions. There's always something going on in the city. So even if you're at an event that is not BIPOC, yeah. and if that's something you're interested in, ask someone that works there. I mean, there's so many things going on in the city. It's not that hard to find those things. So my real question, or my real answer is just ask questions because at the end of the day, uh, and I said earlier, everyone has so much to offer. So if that's something you're really looking for, someone's got the answers. There's so many people in this city, so many things going on. There's so many things I don't know about going on all the time. So yeah. just asking those questions, you know, if that's, if that's where your heart lies, that's where you want to end up. Um, sorry, I have one more little follow-up question. Um, how have y'all been able to, I guess, uh, navigate the changes the city has gone through? When I'm on the east side, I cry sometimes. It, I only cry because I'm born and raised in 78702. And I, it is crazy to see some of these houses and this land here. And 
it, it, it sometimes, it, it, it breaks my heart sometimes. It really does. And I, I'm for progression. I love the modern look. I love the way the numbers look on the mailbox. But the thing is, is you erase the very reason why you actually came here. Um, and that, that definitely, it just, it just, it breaks my heart to see, but I, I am hopeful because we have things like Dawa that are bringing that vision right back and actually making them acknowledge the very thing that they did to make this, the very pivotal thing that they did to change the, the way the city was. Mm -hmm. So I, I definitely, I feel that, you know, just being from the east side and seeing the difference, seeing the skyline change, it can break my heart, but it does make me optimistic at the same time. Yeah, I love that. Thank you. I've navigated it by moving farther out. <laughs> same. <and laughs> uh, to get, get a little better rent price, but. Oh, I, I really like your answer. I feel hey, the same. Hey, our time is up. Okay. All right. Well, our time is up, but... I, hold on, hold on, hold on. Make sure y'all share your Instagram pages so they, they know how to contact y'all. Okay. And for those that came in, you can find out about... We're constantly on our IG page, Dawa Hills, D-A-W-A-H-E-A-L-S, constantly sharing stories about things that are happening in the community, constantly sharing resources. So please make sure you follow us on Instagram. D-A-W-A-H-E-A-L-S. Y'all let them know where they can find you on Instagram and otherwise. Uh, mine is at the middleman underscore ATX. Starlit Candles, it's gonna be Starlit Candles underscore. Everything online for me is Trey Kane. T-R-A-E-C-A-N-E, at Trey Kane. Make some noise for our panelists, y'all, come on. Thank you. We're in here till five. We got some great uh, panels coming up. Next one is about the trans community and their experience here in Austin. So if you can stay, please do. We also have at 2.30, Black to the Land, which is about black uh, folks finding their ancestral roots and going back to the land and figuring that out. Um, there are two people from Austin that are talking and we have someone from North Carolina that's coming as a botanist. And then uh, our last panel is Moses West. Um, this man is uh, solving a global uh, water crisis and he's here to speak. So thank y'all for coming. We'll see you where you see you. Peace.